Well, again, Happy New Year. It's kind of neat just getting a fresh start with a new year. But uh, God has been with us through 2021, and we're excited about 2022. Praise God. Great stuff. Well, welcome to South Anchorage Assembly. All of you who are here this morning, all of you that are joining us online, it's great to have you with us. Let me kind of just go through some upcoming things here. <clears throat> uh, we're going to be having a week of prayer. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to talk about this morning? What do you think my goal is this morning? <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to talk about prayer today. Uh, there's a young adult coffee coming up January 8th. So the details in your bulletin on that, 11 o'clock. And uh, this Wednesday, everything's happening again. All of the, the youth service, the, the Royal Rangers, uh, the life groups, everything, the prayer group. The, everything's cranking up again this Wednesday. And I'll give more details about the... Uh, uh, the week of prayer as I go through the message so there will be de details there and you also have a little flyer on your chair right and uh, we'll go through that too in a little bit okay I want to share a passage a kind of a continuation from last week concerning uh, giving I was in 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 and we talked about the grace of giving it's a, it's a work of God that he takes people and whatever their background was, he comes into their lives, and he just does a work of grace. He, he forgives them. He cleanses them. His spirit is placed in them, and they walk with God, and we become his workmanship, and he's just working in us. And one of those works of grace is that he, he makes us givers because God is a giver. You know, he's not a taker. He's a giver, and, and he makes us like him. So I talked about the grace of giving last week, and I want to just move on in the, the same context, 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, we were in chapter 8, we're just going to go to chapter 9 really quickly. The background of all of this is Paul the Apostle is traveling around, the, church, the, the Christians in Jerusalem are going through a very difficult time, poverty and so on, and so he is uh, traveling to a lot of these other places in Gentile areas and encouraging them, saying, we need to help our brothers and sisters, they're going through a tough time in Jerusalem. And so I'd like for you to be able to just give and help them. And he, he, uh, to the Corinthians, he was telling them ahead of time. He said, I don't want to do this when I'm there with you. So I'm just writing this letter. And uh, I want you to just be part of this grace of giving. And then in chapter 9, he says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. It's just a principle. Uh, just like farming. You know, if you plant a few seeds, then you're going to get a few things that come up. If you plant lots of seeds... Then there will be a lot of things that come up. So whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man, woman should give what he has decided in his heart to give. So in this, in this just giving to the needs of others, he was saying, let it be your decision. What's in your heart to do? But remember, sparingly, then God also gives back sparingly, generously, God gives back generously. It goes on to say um, what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And uh, I tell you, it is, it's awesome to be able to give to others and their needs. It goes on to say, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And it's just, it's just a principle in the kingdom of God. There have been times when Lori and I, you know, we've given out of abundance. And there's been times when we've given out of lack. But we felt like God wanted us to do something. There's been times when we were the ones that really lacked. You know, there were some things going on. It's like, okay, God, we need a miracle. And you know what? God was always so faithful. I mean, it, he would just put it in the hearts of other people to help us at those times that were really difficult. It, it's just the ways of his kingdom. So as, as we give today, 
uh, we just want to do it with that that spirit of Christ cheerful giving with expectation that as we sow God he'll help us to reap also he takes care of us so father we just thank you we thank you, Father, for this work of grace you're doing in our lives, Lord God. You're, you're not content to have stingy people that just hang on to everything they've got. You keep working on our hearts, helping us to become like you, generous, trusting that you will take care of us, and living in this realm of your kingdom. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing on every seed sown today. I pray, Father God, that your people, Lord God, We'll reap what you've talked about in your word. That as the tithes and offerings are given, you open up the windows of heaven. You do pour out blessing. And you do rebuke the devourer so he's not stealing stuff from us all the time. Lord, we just trust your ways and we trust your word today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. It's, a, it's an exciting way to live. It's a great way to live. So I want to thank you for your giving. The basket's in the back there. There's envelopes in the back of the chairs that you can put cash or checks in, designate what direction it's going, and uh, then they can go in the offering basket. For those of you that are uh, home, giving online, I encourage you just to continue to do that, and we will see the blessing of the Lord on our lives. Amen. All right. Well, I, I want to show one of the, we won't show it yet, but. I want to show you one of the Christmas presents I got. Came from my daughter. So you're already wondering, okay, what did she do to dad? She gave me this plaque that I could put on my desk. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to. Matter of fact, I probably won't. But she gave me this plaque. And I'll show it to you. I took a picture of it. And let's go ahead and take a look at what she gave me. Let's go to that uh, first slide. <laughs> that was her Christmas present to me this year. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> so, so it's probably not going in my office, but I'll put it somewhere because I think it's funny. <clears throat> For you Star Wars fans, I think that's a quote, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a quote. Well, uh, anyway, bless my daughter. I want to talk about a week of prayer. When pastors start talking about a week of prayer, people get nervous. They're like, is he really expecting me to do that kind of thing? Uh, but I've been thinking about this for a couple months. And um, I thought, I want to give God the first week of this year. I just want to give him the first week. I want him to have the first fruits, you know? So the first week of this year... I want us to, to just spend time praying. And uh, I'm not promoting this because it's convenient. It's not convenient to have a week of prayer. I mean, everybody's got a life, and that's one more thing. I get that. I'm certainly not promoting a week of prayer because it's popular. Let me just let you in on a little secret. The least attended events in a church are the prayer meetings. They are the least attended events, typically. So I'm not doing this because it's popular. But I, I want to do it just because God's Word talks so much about it. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, he just talks about it so much in His Word. And um, I'm just going to run you through some verses really quickly. This is not my text, just introduction. But just really quickly some verses. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Paul was writing to all those uh, people in Rome, those Christians, and he said, man, just continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. He writes to the church of Ephesus. In Ephesus, Ephesus 6, 18, it says this. And pray in the Spirit. Now, he's not writing to the pastors, although it certainly applies to pastors. He's just writing to the church, everybody that's got Jesus in their heart. And, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Then he writes to the church in Philippi. 
And he writes this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't go through life stressed out. Become a person of prayer. Trust him. Then he writes to the church of Colossae. And he tells them this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. The world is a crazy place to live in. There's all kinds of stuff going on. You can't just stumble through life. You've got to be alert. But devote yourself to prayer. It's going to make a difference. Now, this next one, if you're wanting to start memorizing scriptures, I encourage you to memorize this verse because it's only two words. And anybody can memorize two words. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, he writes to the church in Thessalonica. And he says this, pray continually. Pray. Well, they needed it back then. Things are so much better now. Ah, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I think it matters now, too. Why does God ask, remind, encourage his people to pray? That is the route that our God has chosen to bring change on this earth. He, he has chosen that route. He gave us dominion in the very beginning, dominion over the earth. Of course, sin came along and all that sort of stuff. But I tell you, we've been restored to God. We, we have dominion. And God has said, I placed you on the earth. You're my people on the earth. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to work through your prayers. Your faith and your prayers are what I am going to flow through to do amazing things. So prayer is really important. It's really important. So uh, I was praying about it. Okay, how do I do this, God? A, a week of prayer. A little intimidating even for me. A week of prayer. Had various thoughts. Okay, maybe I'll just, I'll do like a, a focus each day. You know, we could pray for salvation for, for our families on one day. And we could pray for this on another day. And, and you know, I'm just thinking about all these different things that we could do hour of prayer each night and uh, last Thursday <clears throat> as I was just in here just spending, spending some time with Jesus the Holy Spirit just dropped something in my heart so uh, that's a little clue about how far in advance your pastor prepares for some things okay <laughs> so that was Thursday this is Sunday but anyway he just dropped it in my heart and basically he said I, I've already written it down you don't really have to come up with something I, I've already written it down. And then the, the, the words to that verse, if my people who are called by my name came to mind, I thought, okay, I'm going to look at that. And, and the Lord was kind of like, I felt his impression was, that's your theme. Follow what I've already said. I thought, well, probably better to go with his idea than mine. So, we're going to go through 2 Corinthians 7. A little introduction to that. Okay? So, uh, <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians, I said Corinthians, I meant Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. The background to all this is King David, he has, you know, he was a great king, the second king of Israel, a great king. But he dies, and his son Solomon will be the next king of Israel. God's, or David so wanted to build a temple for the Lord. I mean, he just had such a desire to build a temple for God. But God had said, no, you're a man of war. There's a lot of blood on your hands. You're not going to be the one to build my temple. Your son's going to do it. So David had been amassing all these things, all the construction materials and all the gold and everything so that this temple could be built. And then when he passed, it became Solomon's job to build the temple. And in the fourth year of Solomon's reign, he starts laying the foundation. The fourth year of his reign. Seven years later, the temple is completed. It took seven years to build with thousands of people working on it. Let me tell you, it was, it was quite a feat. At the dedication of the temple, King Solomon gives a speech. And then he just prays. And I just want to read this part of it. 2 Chronicles 7, starting with verse 1. It says, when Solomon finished praying, 
fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Quite a sight. All right, quite an event. Now we're going to go to verse 11. Second uh, Chronicles 7, verse 11. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, okay, here we're getting to it. Now what the Lord says is like, I didn't see this coming. There has just been an amazing event. I mean, the temple is completed. God says, my blessing is on it. My presence is here. He shows it. And then God says something. It's like, this is, this is a high point. This is awesome. This is great. But God says, I know you people. The day's coming when you're really not even going to care about my temple anymore. And you're going to start doing your own thing. And I am really not going to be a priority in your life. And you're going to start chasing after other stuff. I know the day is coming. So let me just tell you ahead of time, here's what you do. So he says this. The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. Now let's go ahead and put the verse on the screen. 2 Chronicles 7.13. He says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Okay, that doesn't sound real good. But, but God is saying, I know the day is coming when you're going to forget about all of this. You're going to be doing your own thing. And uh, you're going to just... Well, Basically, morality would decline just terribly. Spiritual apathy would be there. And God says, when that day comes, here's what you do. Because God, we have seen, especially when you read through the Old Testament, where when his people came to just moral decline, spiritual uh, no concern for spiritual things or even going after other gods and stuff like that he would judge his people he would withhold his blessing but his desire was to bring spiritual revival you know what I'm saying it wasn't just punishment for punishment's sake it's like I got to get their attention so that they can come back to me and I can once again pour out my blessing on them he wants them to experience spiritual revival. He wants them to experience renewed purpose. He wants them to experience restored blessing. So, God's showing Solomon, Solomon, this is the path. When, when my people have started going their own way, this is the path that sets everything back right again. And that's what we're going to walk through. That's basically going to be our theme for this week of prayer. Now, am I saying everyone here is unspiritual? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, I want revival in my own heart. Well, you're the pastor. You always have revival. No, I don't. I want revival in my own heart. I want it in my family. I want it in his church. You know what I mean? I, I want those things. So we're just going to walk through the direction that the Lord spoke to Solomon. The first part is this, 2 Chronicles excuse me, 7.14. First thing says, if my people who are called by my name. So who is, he is not addressing people who are just lost and separated from God. That's not who he's addressing in this whole thing. It's not nations that have never turned to him. He is addressing the people of God. 
He's addressing the ones that he called the Israelites is the context of this. He raised them up out of Egypt, set them free, uh, took them to this promised land, and those are the people he's addressing, his people. Now, I want to apply that to us today. Could I be bold enough to say that we are his people today? Absolutely we are. We are his people today. Let's just look at a couple verses here. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Look at this verse. This is how God describes us today. Those of us who have received Jesus personally into our lives, received his cleansing, his forgiveness, and now we are walking with him, serving our God. He says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. God says, you're my people. You're my people. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Aren't you so glad he called you out of whatever you were in before? I mean, it was just darkness. It was just yuck. And he just calls us out of that, and he gives us this new life. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The people of God. I want to just go one other verse. I just like this verse. 2 Corinthians 6.16. And it says this. For we are the temple of the living God. You know, in, in our context, the, the temple of Solomon, the one that he built for the Lord, and God's presence filled that temple. God says, I don't want to be in a temple made by the hands of man anymore. I, I want to live in people. They will be my temple. My glory will come into them. We are the sacrifice that gets burned up <laughs> and restored and renewed. For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. And then going to verse 18. I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Isn't that awesome? We are the people of God. So back to our text. If my people, who are called by my name, then this is the next part, will humble themselves and pray. Will humble themselves and pray. If my people will recognize their desperate need for me. If they will just once again see how much they need me. So God is directing his people to stop being confident in themselves and their abilities to deal with life. He, he wants them to stop thinking that they're the master of their own destiny. Let me get even more personal. You still love me, right? All right. God wants his people to stop going through this life simply asking him to bless all of their plans and their decisions. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Will humble themselves. He's directing us to humble ourselves. God can humble us. I've been humbled by the Lord before. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing when it happens. But he would much rather we just humble ourselves. And pray. And pray. Talk to him. Acknowledge our great need to hear from him. Acknowledge our great need just for him. God wants us to remember, to humble ourselves and remember who Jesus really is. Let's look at this next verse. Really, really short. It's in Colossians 1.18. But look at this. Christ 
is also the head of the church. Now, you and I, if we have Jesus in our lives, we're his church. We're his body here on this earth. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Now, what would happen if the parts of my body were telling my head what to do? So the left leg wants to go, that's right, the right leg wants to go this way, the left leg wants to, and they're all telling, no, let's go this way, my arms are saying one thing. It doesn't work when the parts of the body are trying to tell the head what's supposed to happen. But we do that sometimes. God says, man, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and remember Jesus is the head of the church. We follow Jesus. His, his body does as Jesus directs. Humble yourself. Pray. Get that thing right again. So Sunday night, that would be tonight, the week of prayer starts. It starts. Is it going to be convenient? No. Is it going to be popular? Probably it's just going to be a decision that people make. It's like, I, you know what, I think I'm going to do it. I don't know if it's going to be popular. but That's going to be our theme tonight. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So you have a, you're either in your hand, under your chair, or you're sitting on it right now. There is a sheet of paper. I'm waiting to see somebody stand up and look. So, <laughs> All right, let me grab mine also. So I know that not everybody can make it here to the church for prayer, but you can participate from home also. So I put this thing all out there. But my goal, my heart's desire is that we could do it together, but I understand there's, there's time. So, so tonight, the theme, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And... and uh, kind of the theme is we're going to take time to express our great need for God well that's obvious yeah I know it's obvious but sometimes we just need to do that we're just going to spend some time acknowledging God we really need you we need you and then we're going to take some time just affirming that Christ is our head Jesus you're the head we're your body we want to follow you and then we'll take time and we'll pray as the Holy Spirit leads us in prayer. I don't even know how it's all going to turn out. We just That's just walking with God, led by His Spirit. But, but we are going to have that theme of uh, humbling ourselves before the Lord and praying. All right. Then the next part of our text. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And seek my face. Think about that for a moment. This is God. He's talking. What does the Lord tell his people to seek? Now, he doesn't say, seek my power, although I've done that. I've asked God, Lord, I really need your power. I need your strength, you know. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not the priority. He doesn't say to seek his anointing, and I desire the anointing of the Holy Spirit. For your sake, for my sake, I desire that anointing. But he doesn't say, seek my anointing. And he doesn't even say, seek my blessing. He says, if, if you'll just humble your heart, and you'll come to me, and you'll talk with me, and you'll seek my face. Seek my face. Now, I mean, that, that could mean a lot of different things. I'm not going to give you the Hebrew, because I don't know it. But let me tell you, it seems like a pretty personal thing. Okay? <laughs> I mean, to seek my face seems really personal. I don't go around touching people's faces. You know, what would you do if I just came up, Hi, how are you doing? And I just touch your face. You know, it's like, whoa, hey. Now, I can do that to one person. I can do that to Lori. Lori's my wife. 
I like to touch her face. I like to just look into her face. You know, there's that, that relationship, that intimacy there. And God is saying, I, I want you to look into my face. Stop treating me like some distant power and seek my face. Look into my face. God says, you're my people. You're called by my name. And if you want spiritual revival, and yourself, your family, your church, if you want renewed purpose, where you're just, there's just real purpose in the way you're living your life. And if you want blessing, if you want my restored blessing, seek my face. I don't even know what all that means. But Monday night, that's what we're going to do. That's the theme for Monday night from 6.30 to 7.30 is we're just going to spend some time seeking God's face. Now, that could mean a little bit different things to each one of us, but that's okay. Whatever it is in your heart, what seeking his face is, we're just going to do that. I'm not going to necessarily lead every aspect of Monday night. Some of it's personal. You get to spend some time seeking God's face yourself. Then we'll have times of prayer together. But, again, God said, Mike, you know, you can come up with your own plan, or you can follow my plan for this week of prayer. So I'm just going to follow his plan. Paul the Apostle was praying for the, the church in Ephesus. And he, he prayed that, they would, that God would grant them the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation where God, by His Spirit, would give them wisdom that is from Him and revelation. And he lists all these things that he's wanting God to reveal to them. He talks about the hope of their calling and the riches of the glory of their inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of His power to them. But th that's not the first thing on the list. Listen, I, it's not on the screen, but listen to this. This is the first thing that Paul prays. It's like the priority for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to do. And here's the verse. It's in Ephesians 1, 16 and 17. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... The glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That was the top of the list. It wasn't the power. It wasn't the hope. It wasn't the inheritance. It was that you would know him. Seek his face. We'll do that Monday night. Next part of the verse. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. All right, here we go. Just put it up there. And turn from their wicked ways. Well, pastor, what are you thinking of me? I'm not thinking anything of you, okay? <laughs> but I'm going to follow this thing through. And turn from their wicked ways. Paul was telling the Israelites, you know, if, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll come to me, if you'll start seeking my face, that's all part of the process of you wanting to turn from your wicked ways. As we do those first two things, the desire to hang on to certain sins that have gotten a hold of us, it becomes less. It's like, I, I don't want that. That's getting in the way. See, Overcoming the pull of sin. Raise your hand if you've ever been tempted to sin. Okay. Raise your hand if it was over a month ago. Uh-huh. Okay. Overcoming the pull of sin 
is just part of our walk with Jesus. The devil will tell you you're the only one that deals with that, but that's not true. Everybody deals with it. And it's just part of our walk with Jesus. Let's just look at some verses here. <clears throat> Romans 6, 1 and 2. <clears throat> Excuse me, this is in the New Living Translation. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? I love the grace of God. You know what I'm saying? The favor of God that I never earned, that I never deserved. I love it. And some people are thinking, well, man, if the grace just keeps coming, let's just keep sinning, and the grace keeps coming, let's keep sinning, and the grace keeps coming. And Paul says, should we do that? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Well, when did you die to sin? The day you received Jesus into your life. Because you were united with him in his death. And you were united with him in his resurrection. This death to the old life and raised to a new life in Christ. So, well, how come I'm still tempted to sin after I've got Jesus in my heart? Well, sin is no longer your master. You're no longer a slave of it. But it still will tempt. And you have to learn to overcome through Christ, through this new life, overcoming those things. It's just part of the process. And the Holy Spirit is a huge part of us overcoming. He's a huge part of it. It's mentioned more than once in Scripture how important it is that the Holy Spirit be involved in this. Let's just look at one of them, Galatians 5.16. Again, this is New Living Translation. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. It, we're learning to become more and more submitted to the Holy Spirit leading us. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. Have you ever been about to do something that you knew was wrong and you just, you heard, you knew it was in you. It was like, don't go there. I mean, that's the Holy Spirit. And then you can either say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me. Or you can say, uh, -huh, and then just go and do what you were going to do. Jesus knew we, part of the Lord's prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, in this life, in our walk with Jesus, learning to overcome sin is just part of the process. But the Holy Spirit will help us every step of the way. Let me read one more verse. Probably been camping on this one long enough. Ephesians 4, 21. We have overcoming sin is not so much a feeling like, okay, I feel like I want to do it now. I want to overcome it or I want to give into it. It's really based more on a decision. Just a decision. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature. And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So, we need help with this. Tuesday night, what's our theme going to be? And turn from their wicked ways. I'm, I'm trying to just kind of glance over, but I'm not trying to stare at anybody. <laughs> and turn from your wicked ways. No, just kind of a broad glance, everybody. Tuesday night, we're going to take some time to proclaim our desire to die to that old life. And that's something we end up doing over and over again. But that's okay. We, we want to die to that old life. And we're going to just express to God our desire to be led by His Spirit. To be empowered by His Spirit. So that we can resist those things that we used to just keep falling for. And we can grow in our walk with God. We're, we're just going to focus on that. 
And during that time, if the Lord points out things in your life that he says, I've been talking to you about this thing. Now, are you really going to let me have it tonight? It's that opportunity to say, yes, God. It's yours. I don't want to hang on to it anymore. Forgive me. Help me. I'm looking for looks of excitement, but it all looks pretty serious right now. <laughs> okay, we got a couple people excited. All right. All right. Well, the next part of our text talks about God's response. If my people, my people, will humble themselves and pray, and if they'll seek my face, and if they'll turn for those, from those things that I've been speaking to their hearts about, if they'll turn from those things, then he says, this is what I'll do. Here's the response. So, Second Chronicles, Chronicles 7.14, last part of the verse, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. All right, I'm just going to give you my perspectives on that, okay? Then will I hear from heaven. I don't want to just have a week of prayer. It's not convenient. It's not easy. It's not real popular to try to get people to do it. I don't want to just have a week of prayer. I want to have a week of prayer that God really hears there's a difference we could have a week of prayer that God doesn't really hear or we could have a week of prayer that he really hears how do we have the kind that he really hears how do we have the time of prayer that really gets his attention well it's prayer that's coming from humble hearts fully aware of their great need for God it comes from that kind of a heart it's prayer that comes from hearts that hunger more for God's face than anything this world offers ooh he hears those prayers and prayer that's coming from a heart that doesn't want to hide sin anymore but longs to confess it and hungers to walk in freedom oh God hears that prayer even if the person continues to struggle God hears that prayer because it's the desire oh God oh God I want to be free I want you I want you I don't want this stuff then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. Doesn't matter what the sin is. He forgives. It's taken out of the way. And the beautiful thing is, it's no longer a barrier that's keeping your prayers from really touching the heart of God. Now, it's okay to struggle with sin and the heart's cry is, God, help me. But it's the, I want to keep the sin, but God, would you please bless me? That doesn't work so well. I, and will forgive their sin and closing this thing down and will heal their land now our land needs healed but I'm thinking even before I look at our country there's some other lands that need to be healed okay I want spiritual revival in the land what land am I talking about I want it in my own life I want it in my own life I want it in my family. No exceptions. I want it in my family. I want it in his church. I just, I so want revival in his church. Now we can pray for revival for the land, and we will. But I'm pretty convinced that revival's got to come to the church before it goes to the nation 
I just think, because God works through his people. And when they're in revival, it brings revival. So, I want spiritual revival in the land. I want renewed purpose in the land. I don't want to just live life. I want to live it with purpose. I want my family to not just live life, stumble along. I want them to live it with purpose. And I want them blessed. Okay, so now is instruction. Wednesday night, no prayer theme Wednesday night. We're going to have regular Wednesday night services. All of that stuff is happening. Uh, Lori will be leading an intercessory prayer time that we have on Wednesday nights. And so if you're not involved in any of the other ministries, because I don't want to pull workers out of the other ministries, but if you're not involved in the other ministries, <clears throat> then come and pray, and it's going to be a time of intercession, just as the Holy Spirit leads. Thursday night, the theme for that night, it's on your sheet, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. That's the theme. What are we going to pray? We're going to pray for revival in his church. Well, pastor, shouldn't we pray for revival in our own lives first? Nah, let's just be like Jesus. Let's put his kingdom first. We'll pray for revival in our own lives the next night. But the first night, let's pray for his church. Is that, so, is that okay? Let's pray for his church. Pray for revival. Not just here. <clears throat> Hello, you know what? I want it here. But we're... There's a lot of churches in Anchorage. We just, we're going to pray for revival for his church, including us. Then Friday night, same theme, I will hear from heaven and heal their land, and we're going to pray for revival in our own lives and in our families. Let's believe for some miracles, okay? Some of us, there's family members, they need a miracle. You know, they, they need a miracle. I praise God for people who... You know, their lineage is just people who've served God and they have kids that have served God and they have kids that serve God. I love that lineage. That's not Lori and my lineage. You know, that's, that's not what we come out of. We're kind of like the beginning of that happening. But there's a lot of people that, you know, they've got family members that need miracles, need Jesus. We're going to pray for revival in our families on Friday night. Saturday night, <clears throat> that's from 6 to 7. All the other nights are 6.30 and 7.30. We're just going to pray as the Holy Spirit leads us to pray. All right. I am so looking forward to this. I am. And, you know, whether there's five people or 50 people in here, I am looking forward to this because I don't want to just keep going through life. I want to see some God stuff. I don't want to have a good service and a good church and a good blah, blah, blah. I want some God stuff. I'm hungry for that. And I can't produce it myself. I just can't. God has to produce the God stuff. So let's seek his face. Let's just humble ourselves put things in the right perspective again seek his face get rid of the junk that he shows us is in the way just you know just get rid of that uh, and I have heard from the Holy Spirit and Lori <laughs> that children are welcome to come we are not providing nursery they're just welcome to be in here as we seek God. All right? You can bring toys, and they can play with toys and be part of seeking God, too. Our kids, we had them in church all the time, prayer meetings all the time. Had to keep your eye on the sneaky little critters at times, but we had them in prayer meetings all the time. It's amazing what they can come up with at times. <clears throat> come on up, real Worship team, we're going to close with prayer. Take these sheets home. I'm hoping everybody, as much as possible, can participate. How's it all going to turn out? I don't know. We're just going to seek God. You know, I can't produce God stuff, but I can seek God.
<laughs> God can produce God's stuff. <clears throat> so we're just going to follow the scriptures through this week. And uh, when I say I don't know what's going to happen, I don't mean that I wonder if anything's going to happen. No, I know things are going to happen. Okay? If you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. I mean, I know things will happen. It's just that I don't know what all is going to happen. You know, that's, that's in His hands. So, be a part of this. We need revival. We're not there yet. We need revival. Yes, we love Jesus, but we need revival. <laughs> we do. If you want prayer for anything, just please come to the front. We'll pray for any needs that you would have. You just, just come up here to the front. <clears throat> you got the song figured out. I was supposed to let her know, and I never did. So, Father, we love you. Desperately need you. Desperately need you. We want to humble ourselves before you. Not live our lives and ask you to bless everything we do. No, we want to, we want to walk in your will. Jesus, you are the, I am not the head of this church. Jesus, you are the head of this church. We'll humble ourselves, we'll pray. We'll seek your face. And by your grace, we'll turn from any wicked ways. And you'll hear from heaven. You'll forgive. And you'll heal our land. It's our heart's cry, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's stand together, worship. Tonight, we'll meet at 6.30, 6.30 to 7.30. People can stay much longer after that. It's totally fine. But 6.30 to 7.30 is designated time. <clears throat>